you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss show.com hey we're coming to you uh, here on uh the podcast the chris voss show podcast we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in be sure to go to youtube.com for slash chris voss hit that bell notification button you get all the notifications of all the cool things we are doing on the chris voss show we have a most stupendous author on today. You're going to love him. He is pl- prolific. He's wrote a ton of different books. Follow me also on goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, also facebook.com, The Chris Voss Show, and uh, LinkedIn as well. And this episode is brought to you by IFI Audio and their new Neo IDSD. The Neo is the new wave of digital sound listening for your desktop, music, gaming, and bleeding-edge Bluetooth, even MQA audio file decoding. Uh, we're using it in the studio right now. I've loved my experience with it so far. It just makes everything sound so much more richer and better and takes things to the next level. IFI Audio is an award-winning audio tech company with one aim in mind, to improve your music enjoyment of quality sound, eradicate noise, distortion, and hiss from your listening experience. Check out their new incredible lineup of DAX and audio enhancement devices at ifi-audio.com. Uh, today, we have Jason Pinter. He's the best-selling author of two books in his Rachel Marin series, Hideaway, and his new book that just came out yesterday, A Stranger at the Door, just fresh off the presses here, and you can pick it up yeah. at your local dealer there, um, as well as five other novels uh, that he's written in his Henry Parker thriller series and the standalone novel, The Castle, which have over 1 million copies in print worldwide and have been published in over a dozen countries. Uh, the middle age, the middle grade uh, adventure novel, Zeke Bartholomew, Super Spy, and the children's picture book, Miracle, are also books that he's taken and written. He's been nominated for the Thriller Award. Thriller! Woo-hoo. Uh Strand... <laughs> Critics Award, Barry Award, RT Reviewers Choice Award, Seamus Award, Shamus Award, and Crime Seamus. Seamus Shamus. Tomato tomato, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it seems like the sh- like the Seamus Award. We shamed you. I don't know. I'm just joking. Yeah. Doing the comedy. <laughs> uh Crime Spree Award. Two of his books, The Fury and the Darkness, were chosen as an indie next selections. And I think those document my last divorce. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. The Mark, the Stolen, the Fury were named to the Strand's best books of the year list. The Mark and the Stolen both appear on the Heat Seekers best list in the bookseller UK. The Mark was optioned for a feature film, and we have this gentleman on the show. He's on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to hear from me now. You made me sound great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, You know, a little while back ago, we had an author who came on the show, and, and when she first came on, she's like, I'm having a horrible day. I'm not even sure I want to do this. I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but, uh, but you know, whatever you want to do. And then by the end of the show, he made her happy, so... Oh, good, uh, good. So, yeah, so it's, it's it's a show and it's therapy. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's a show and it's therapy. I'm not sure what it's doing for me, but 
Uh, maybe it is a form <laughs> of therapy for me. So you've written this great book. People can uh, go ahead and grab this and stuff. Give us your plugs for people to look you up on the interwebs. Yeah, so uh, you can find me online at uh, jasonpinter.com, uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at, at jasonpinter. Uh, that, so as far as social, uh, Facebook also at facebook.com, jason.pinter. Um, I don't know how to use the, uh, the, the Snapchats and the TikTok. So if anyone has a teenager who wants to show me how to use those, go ahead. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you can find me at, at Jason Pinter in most places. There you go. So you've written this incredible book, and uh, uh, it, now it's a series. It's a, it's a book that's in a series about a, a particular character, correct? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. This is the second book in the series. So second book in the series. What's the first book that was uh, the beginning? Yeah, so the first book in the series is Hideaway, which came out last year. Uh, and it's uh, about a, a woman named Rachel Marin. Uh, at the beginning of Hideaway, uh, something terrible happens to her and her family that shatters their world. And she's forced to uh, uproot her family and her two young children, move to a small town in Illinois, and essentially restart her life. Uh, she has to assume a different name, uh, stay under the radar. Uh, and because she sort of feels like she's been let down by society who let this terrible thing happen to her, she sort of hones her mind and body to become essentially kind of a warrior protector for her children. Mm. Um, and she fully intends to stay under the radar. But when the former mayor of her new town is killed, she knows that it was murder, not suicide, and she can't help but get involved. But as she starts to get involved, her secrets might start to come to light. So she has to sort of balance both investigating a murder and trying to stay under the radar too, which is not an easy thing to do. Murder, you say? Murder. Yes. <laughs> so uh, is it a standalone book in the series where where if you don't read the first one, I mean, you got to read the first one to get the second one? Or how does that work? I think I ideally try to write each book so that if someone just kind of picks it up and reads it, they'll enjoy it regardless. Um, you know, I do think if you read Hideaway, there are some characters and things from Hideaway that come back in the second book. So you might get a couple things a little better if you read Hideaway first. But that said, I, I do think you can pick up either one and just jump right in. But if you want to read both, I will not stop you. There you go. It's kind of like Star Wars, you know, how Star Wars came out. Yeah, and it's- yeah like if, if you see The Last Jedi, like <laughs> you might enjoy it, but you're not going to get a lot of stuff that happened in the previous movie. Yeah. I kind of, I watched star Wars when I was a kid and then they came out with the three prior movies. And I'm like, I feel kind of gypped, man. Like <laughs> the hell? you're screwing with me. You, you went, but backwards. it started with episode four. We had to know there was something that there was something came first. That's true. Huh? I should have known that was an issue, but, uh, that's smart so, of all of us. So, uh, what motivated you want to write a second book on, in this series? Did you have this when you, when you were plotting out the first book, did you, did you envision your mind going down this road with multiple books? Yeah. You know, I think I, I wanted it to be a series. Um, I love the character and I sort of wanted to explore somebody who could, who sort of wanted to, to find justice and stop crimes, but at the same time sort of had to deal with having small children to somebody. So she couldn't, you know, she couldn't be Batman. She couldn't be a vigilante going out at three in the morning and beating people up or staying out at all hours and drinking at a bar till 3 a.m. Cause she had kids. Um, so I liked the idea of seeing where that character could go over time. So I wrote the first book with the hopes that it would be a series. Um, the fact that my publisher also saw that was a great thing because then I could actually write the second book too. So I did see it as a series from the beginning, but then it's sort of the way, you know, the industry works. It's like, even if you want something as a series, you sort of need the green light from publisher to say like, okay, we see it as a series too. So I was very fortunate that they wanted a second book. 
It was kind of funny. You mentioned uh, how hard it would be to, you know, do kind of detective sort of work or whatever with kids. And I had this image of like old bogey uh, film Mm -hmm. noir detective rooms, you know, and they're all smoking in those in some PI's office. And I just had to imagine like a woman in that setting with a bunch of kids around her. Those. Oh my God! She'd be she, <laughs> child services would come right away and take that and take those kids. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got no smoking and no drinking allowed. <laughs> so, what made you choose? I think in your other series you had a male character, the Henry Parker yeah. thriller series. Yeah, Henry Parker. What yeah. made you mm-hmm. choose a woman for this series? So, I started writing Hideaway, the first book in the series, pretty shortly after my first my older daughter was born. Um, she's about three and a half now, and. I was starting, to, I was sort of trying to kick around ideas for a new book and hadn't hidden anything yet. And I love the idea of a sort of a thriller character, like you said, who wanted to do the right thing, who wanted to solve crimes, but couldn't do this, a lot of things that normal characters could do in these novels. She's not like, a lot of these characters tend to be kind of loners. They tend to be, you know, like the middle-aged guys in the trench coats and they got, you know, they're paying alimony for four different ex-wives and they have <laughs> missing hey, out on the me. um and i like the idea of a character who sort of couldn't do all that because she had these responsibilities she you know she wanted to hunt down the bad guys but like she also has to cook dinner and she has to help them get get ready for school so there's an immediate conflict right there and i thought that'd just be super interesting from a character perspective to explore um not just in terms of the storyline but the emotions of the characters and what was it like for her and how do you balance being a crime fighter and a mom uh and with a new kid at home i just it felt like the right time because I knew what it was like to be a parent and I could understand that perspective, that idea that always wanted to be a protector, just like Rachel is in the books. Yeah. Moms are great protectors, man. You never mess with mom. Oh my bear. God. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm a lot bigger than my wife, but if I, if like my, if my daughters were ever in harm's way, she could stop a train. <laughs> That's true. You know, don't ever mess with mama bear. Um, so do you find that, that, uh, that having a female character appeals more to a, a female audience than that are picking up the books these days? Um, you know, I didn't look at it from that perspective. I, I, I do think, I think it's just like studies say like reader, you know, 60 to 70% of readers are female. To me, it was also, it had to be a female character um, because I do think there's a connection between a mother and their child that mm. even though I'm, I'm a hands-on dad and I would do anything for my kids, there's a connection between a mother and a child that just is unbreakable that you don't have as anybody else. And I wanted that immediate biological connection uh, that vulner- that both sort of the, the mama bear, but also the vulnerability that went with that. So to mm. me, it had to be a female character. I don't think it would have, it could have been a dad, but I don't think it would have been quite the same bond. Um, so to me, it was really important that she wasn't just a female, but that she was also a, a mom too. There you go. Um, so give us some, uh, without giving too much away or, you know, who, who dies at the end or whatever the hell happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my favorite movie joke. I always, uh, anytime somebody says, I'm going to go see the movie, I'm like, yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, just remember <laughs> the guy dies at the end. I'm like, what the fuck? So, You're probably and, right 75% of the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. But then I'm like, but then they're like, it's a Disney movie. What What the hell, Chris? <laughs> what the hell, man? It's animation. Uh, anyway. I don't know. Uh, There's some dark Disney movies. My, my, kid, my, my, my kids love Frozen, and the parents die in Frozen like five minutes into the movie, which is what? dark as heck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like not even it's at like the end, like Batman. five minutes in, boom, their parents die. You don't even get time to like get invested. No, in your, you're like, what? Just... This is a dark, dark movie for kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like Batman. When you really look at Batman, <laughs> it's really got some issues, man. Oh my uh, god! Oh, he's yeah. he's just as messed up as everyone he fights. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like he's clearly an emo kid who has some issues. Anyway, not <laughs> judging emo kids. I'm just saying. Um, you know, I mean, when you start dressing up with capes, I mean, I'm not judging. But, you know, maybe you should see a psychologist. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I was going to say, if I ever start to do that, like somebody call the men in white coats because I'm not yeah. right. They probably should have done that to me a long time ago. So <laughs> uh, you've written this book, A Stranger at the Door. So give us, uh, I, I think I asked a question earlier and then I segued. Uh, so give us, a, like, uh, give us what sort of details you can that can uh, mm. uh, tease us a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in Hideaway, Rachel sort of has to investigate a murder and uh, her world is turned upside down. Uh, in this book, Stranger at the Door, she's found out like a modicum of, of sort of peace and tranquility in that she's, you know, she's working with the local PD. She's entered into a, a tentative relationship with one of the cops that she fell for. She's somebody who hasn't been in a relationship in a very long time and is sort of getting into it, you know, walking on eggshells a little bit. But she feels like things are on a good track. And then one of her son's school teachers is brutally murdered. And it turns mm-hmm. out the teacher had tried to go to Rachel for help on something. Uh, so she has to investigate his murder. But at the same time, this sort of shadowy businessman starts to try to um, lure her son into his fold. It turns out that he's sort of um, running this scheme where they sort of exploit fragile, emotionally fragile young men. Wow. So while she's investigating this murder, her son, who is still traumatized from the events of the first book, is starting, she's starting to lose him. So she has to investigate a murder, try to save her son, both emotionally and physically. And so every, so when she thought she had peace, it turns out that it's becoming a nightmare and everything is happening all over again. Now, um, is the same, is she still investigating the same murder from the first book or is this a no new different murder? murder different different murder. murder. A lot of people die. Yeah, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> she might not have it looked at if she's around that many people that are dying, you know? Yeah. She might want to move kind of, too. Maybe, if all these bodies are she needs better friends or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. You know, you wouldn't have a very long series if that's everything true. was just fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it was like, yeah, she woke up and had her tea and that was it. Like that's not going to, yeah. People don't want to see that. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. The end. Um, yeah. So, so uh, delving out the character, um, are there some strong other lead characters that yeah. are with her? I suppose the Absolutely. relationship. Yeah, it was really important to me as I was writing Hideaway, the first book, that it wasn't just Rachel, but that she really had sort of a, a fully fleshed out supporting cast. Um, mm-hmm. So she sort of, as she investigates the murder, she's not a cop. So she immediately starts to butt heads with the two cops who are on the case, uh, John Serrano and Leslie Talley. And it was important to me that even though she's sort of going up against the cops, that these were not stereotypical cops that are just there to call and give her a hard time. But these are real people with real backstories that have emotions, that have families, um, because I wanted you to see things from their perspective, too, that these were not just sort of, you know, cardboard cutouts. So it was really important to me that John Serrano and Leslie Talley felt like real people, too. Uh, Rachel's kids also. She has a, a son uh, named Eric, who's uh, I think in this book is 13 years old and a daughter, Megan, who's six. Um, and they have their own personalities, too. You know, Megan was a little too young to sort of understand what happened to their family. So she's a little sprightly. She's sort of optimistic, happy-go-lucky. But her son, Eric, is really troubled. He's really struggling because he's never faced what happened to their family. And so reaching Eric, reaching her troubled son is one of the sort of one of the backbones of the, of these books, because as a mother, it's not just about protecting her children physically, but it's about protecting them emotionally. And she maybe hasn't quite figured out how to do that yet. No, 
Well, that, that, that does the family ever get in danger in the book? Like, uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, mm. and that's one of the things that as she starts to investigate murder, she sort of starts to expose her family a little bit and maybe takes a few risks that she shouldn't. Um, and yeah. that's, that's what I love about the character because she's not perfect. She is flawed that she makes decisions that are sometimes in hindsight, not the, not smart, but Hey, who of us makes the perfect decision the first time out. So to me, that made her a little more fallible because she, she made mistakes and the repercussions to them. Sounds like my life. And there's lots of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I believe that puts a pretty good human basis to stuff. Yeah. Do you, uh, what do you like most about fleshing out these characters and developing them and, and designing them? I think if they feel real, you're going to feel more about emotionally invested in the book. You know, yeah. um, it's one thing to have sort of, you know, gunfights and chases and car chases and all that. And it's great. I love them as much as anybody. But if you really feel connected to the people who are involved in them, then it ups the stakes. Because mm-hmm. if it's just kind of like a bunch of cardboard cutouts or sprites bouncing around like in car crashes, that might be entertaining. But if these are people that you care about, you know their lives, you know their stories, there's an emotional connection there that to me just makes the story that much more enriching. And that's important to me. There you go. That, now, you wrote about you wrote a whole series of a male character. Uh, do you find there's more depth with a female character? Because females, you know, they, they process a whole lot more emotion, intellect, and, you know, we're just like, we're pretty, I don't know, we're, we're usually pretty flat. Like, we're just like, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, this definitely is definitely possible. Um, You know, in my first series, the character Henry Parker, I think he was 25 years old when the first book came out in the story. So like, he's pretty naive. He's a young kid. He's, you know, got really got his first full time job that he's happy with. Um, He doesn't know a whole lot. Whereas Rachel has seen some stuff. Rachel's been through some stuff. She's been through things that we could never possibly imagine. Um, and I, th- I think she's a much more mature character. She's a much more introspective character. Um, so I don't know if it's woman versus man, but certainly the life experience that she has far outweighs what, what Henry has. And I think that forces her to like, she knows a lot more about the world and is maybe a little more cynical in those pers- that, that perspective. She's not as optimistic because she's, she's been let down before. What motivates her to want to go after crimes and solving them? Yeah, because what happens to her in Hideaway is that she was let down by the systems that promised to protect her. Uh Um, So that's the reason why she sort of hones her mind and body into a weapon because she doesn't trust anybody else right now because she's been let down. So when she sees somebody else killed and she sees that same thing about to happen where this is going about to be chalked up as a suicide, this person's death is just going to be swept under the rug – that happened to her and she can't let that happen to somebody else. So even though she wants to stay under the radar, she has this sense of justice that she just, she can't let this set. She has to, she has to find the truth um, because if she's not going to speak up for this woman, then nobody else will. There you go. I mean, I was let down by the system, but I turned the other way. I just killed people. (laughs) I just, I just, I clearly chose the wrong path or something. I don't know. (laughs) So is there going to be more books in the series with this, uh, with this character? Do you think? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I have uh, the third one is sort of percolating as we speak and sort of like anything with entertainment, like it all comes down to, well, enough people hopefully buy the book and read it and spread the word that, you know, my publisher will want more. And I I hope they do. So I, I certainly hope there are more. I want there to be more. I have ideas for at least the next book beyond this. And then it's just like, Hey, fingers crossed readers like them and, and, enough people want to keep it going there you go um so uh the thing i was going to ask you is any uh is anybody the option this yet this sounds like it might be a great hallmark sort of movie 
<laughs> oh, very light women love the Hallmark maybe, Channel, right? Did, maybe, or, maybe Disney Plus, yeah. Disney Plus, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe throwing some Manchurian in there or something yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Nice light, lighthearted. It could be know, in the third book. Christmas, some Christmas fair. Baby Yoda. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I have a film and TV agent who is shopping the books around as we speak, and you know, fingers nice. crossed. I I don't know that side of the that side very well, but I have an agent who's working on it, and she loves it. So yeah, with any luck, uh, someone will snap it up. I, I think it, it could certainly make a great series. So you've written all these books. You you should have a pretty good audience by now. What? How do you usually engage with your audience, or do you find there's a, a good feedback? I know some authors use Goodreads. Uh, is yeah. there anything that – oh, actually, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'd seen on your Facebook page that you use uh, something called Book Club, I think it was, or something. I thought I saw that on your page, something about follow me on Book Club or something. Maybe I Maybe I – Maybe I lost it somewhere. And... Book bub might be book bub. Might be That's book it. bub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that? Yeah. Is so, that um, um, I don't think book bub is sort of as. I think book bub is sort of like if you follow me on there, you'll get a notification whenever I have like a new book out, or if there's like a a special like a like a down like a special ebook promotion on one of my books. Um, I say like if you like my books, follow me anywhere and everywhere because you won't miss anything. I'm active on social media. It's like I'm really active on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Book. Um, you know, I post news about books. I post photos and stuff like that. I try to engage with people on, on Twitter. Like I, I have readers send me, sending me like messages all the time. And I always try to like repost those to let them know that like, you know, I see you and I appreciate you, things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like, a, it's a full-time job because you know, you have all these different accounts and you have to pay attention to all of them and you don't want to let your readers down. But so it's certainly fun to interact with everybody, but it's, it's definitely a full-time job. I think it's cool that you do that. It's there's a lot of readers that come on. I'm I've always been a social media guy, so I understand that there's different people on different platforms, and you've got to go to your audience. and And sometimes your audience is your audience is usually everywhere. It's just they have to find you, yeah. uh, or they find you and they go, "Hey, I want to read more of these gentlemen's books." Um, and so I'll meet people, and they're like, "I'm just on Twitter," and I'm just like, "Dude." Uh, uh, an example is we had one of the diet guys. Uh, he's uh, done the cancer code and the fasting code and a bunch of fasting books. He's really hugely popular. And he came on the show, a really nice guy. And uh, and I said, are you on Facebook? Because uh, you've got a ton of groups over there. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm just do Twitter. And I go, dude, there's like 20 groups with your name on them for people on dieting and fasting. You should probably go over there because your audience is there. Yeah. So, uh, it's good that you uh, engage in all those different things. Uh, anything more we want to plug about the book to uh, get people to go out and buy it? Yeah, so it's uh, Strange to the Doors out right now. Uh, you can get it in print, in print, uh, in ebook, and audiobook. Uh, I gotta say, if you like audiobooks, the audiobooks are fantastic. Um, it's weird because I all my other books have been made into audiobooks. But I have like a weird hang up where I have a hard time listening to them because I like when I hear that like somebody else's voice in my head, it just sort of freaks me out a little bit. But I listened to the audiobook for Hideaway and it's absolutely fantastic. And it's the first time I've ever listened to one of my audiobooks front to back. So if you like audiobooks, these books are awesome in audio. Um, other than that, like the book is out right now. You can get it in print, an ebook, an audiobook, uh, either on Amazon, on bookshop.org, and any of your favorite booksellers. They can uh, either they have it in stock or they can order it. Um, and you know, I also say like support independent booksellers. It's a, it's a really tough time for small businesses right now. Um, I've, I've been doing some virtual events with independent bookstores, and uh, 
they're struggling right now because a lot of people can't come into their stores. Uh, I used to tour around the country and go to different events. Now you can't do that. So if you have a local local bookstore and you want them to stay your local bookstore, go out of your way, shop with them, order online because um, they are the backbones of our community. And I, I'm proud to have the support of a lot of local independent bookstores. There you go, guys. Uh, give us your plugs one more time, Jason, where people can look you up on the internet. Yeah, so you can find me uh, on my web. My website is uh, www.jasonpinter.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @jasonpinter, Facebook.com, Jason.Pinter. Um, and there I, you know, I, I engage with uh, followers pretty much everywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you send me a note, I always try to respond. Um, yeah, and I, I love hearing from folks. And I try to keep everything. I share fun news, share interesting stuff. Um, yeah, and, you know, try, try to do my best. I think you, you got to try to be engaging. Even, even, if it's, you know, even if you don't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always nice to hear people. Like somebody the other day complimented me on the podcast. I'm like, thanks. I don't hear enough of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's I, I, great. I mean, like you, you can spend a, you know, especially writing, like you spend a year basically like in a dark cave typing on a keyboard and then all of a sudden your book is out there and people you've never met before sending you notes and you're like, wait, it's actually like, it's connecting. And it's, it's like a weird magical thing, but it, it means a lot. I have people that do that to me in events. They run up and they go, the Chris Voss show. And you're like, you're scaring me, man. Um, <laughs> There's a fine line between like appreciation and 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 being frightened. It's part of that thing that we did. We started doing that years ago, where we started doing the Chris Voss show and singing it. And I did it as a bit for a week, and people just love the shit out of it. And I was like, seriously. And so now they come up and they do it, but they go the Chris Voss show, and you're just like, whoa, man. Yeah. I, you, but you invite you invited it though, so it's, ha- it's, yeah. half, it's half your fault. How do you think I'd expect it by now? So anyway, guys, go out and check out his book, order it up, A Stranger at the Door, Jason Pinter, and uh, all of his wonderful other books he's got. You know, you can just uh, consume the whole series there, as people do. And uh, uh, binge read to your heart's content. There you go. Binge reading. I think that's what we're all doing in quarantine, learning new things and new adventures. And God knows uh, beats reading the news these days. So uh, everyone check that out uh, to see the video. Talk about a hell of a time to tell talk about a hell of a time to release a book too. (laughs) You know, I think people want to get away. So this is a, (laughs) I hope so. Well, it's funny because hideaway came out last March, right when the pandemic was really starting to pick up and stranger, the door came out, right as in the middle of a coup and an, an impeachment so i figure like last one during a pandemic this one during an impeachment and a coup if the next one's gonna come out during an alien invasion so i'm just i'm yeah. my books are bad luck <laughs> probably zombies and yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean don't say i didn't warn you yeah <laughs> in fact i'm gonna mark that in a calendar your next book release and i'm just gonna be like <laughs> i don't know what's happening but i'm gonna be in a bunker somewhere but uh no the quarantine's actually been really good for like us for the show and a lot of authors because people are hunkered down and you know, they yeah. got to entertain themselves with something. And uh, so, Absolutely. like, they listen to our show. They order books. That's they, great. They really make themselves at home. So, anyway, I'm honest. I certainly appreciate you guys. Go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss. You can see all the books we're reading and reviewing over there. Go to facebook.com, The Chris Voss Show, LinkedIn as well. We've got a ton of LinkedIn groups. We're also covering a lot of CES show 2021 coverage as well. See all the new products and things we're reviewing there. Uh, thanks to Jason for being here. Thanks for spending some time with us, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And in my audience, stay safe, wear your mask, and we'll see you next time.